Hi, I'm Alicia Terry, and welcome to What's the Word, where we believe your spiritual growth is an important journey that should not be taken alone. The good news is you're not alone. What's the Word comes alongside you to examine a single word taken from the Bible to help you understand both more clearly. With each episode, our goal is to help you strengthen your spiritual growth and development by learning new ways to study and understand what the Bible actually says so you can accurately comprehend the Word of God and be transformed by it. And we do this together, one word at a time. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to What's the Word? I'm your host, Alicia Terry. And the word for this episode is forgiveness. My guest today is Sherry Kleinert. Sherry is a native Austinite who currently works in the nation's first micro home community for the homeless, Community First Village. Sherry has worked in some of the largest nonprofits in Austin for over 20 years. Whether it was managing programs at the Central Texas Food Bank or working with victims of domestic violence at Safe Alliance, she enjoys serving her community and spends her free time swimming in the natural springs of Central Texas. She is an active member of her church, St. John's United Methodist, and serves there as a member of their hospitality team. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me. So the first question I have for you, Sherry, is why did you choose the word forgiveness out of the list provided? Well, I think that for me, forgiveness at this season in my life, forgiveness is something that has taken on new meaning. Um, it, 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 you know, we always hear about forgiveness. The Bible says um, to forgive someone 77 times. It's also mentioned over 490 times in the Bible to forgive you know, so this isn't a new thing, but for me, it has taken on a larger meaning for me at this juncture in my life. And a lot of that has to do with uh, my relationship with my mother. Um, my, I grew up with my father. My, uh, my mother and I have had a relationship, but it has felt sort of strained just because I didn't have that relationship with her growing up. And I have always resented her for that. Mm. And I, always carried around um I did I had never forgiven her honestly if I'm being real honest I had never forgiven her for that um even though she had asked me for for my forgiveness um and of course you know I told her in words that I forgave her mm-hmm. but I never really gave forgave her in my heart and it's only been recently that I've been able to do that in our relationship has has um improved in, in ways I never would have thought it would. And I can only um, give that to God and, and the fact that I've deepened my relationship and come to, come to understand forgiveness in a larger way than I had in the past. So what made you decide that you wanted to, to, to really forgive your mother from the heart? And was that a process? You know, I, I think it was a process. Um, it's something that I've always thought about and that I think I've done as a very superficial cursory act instead of it really being something that permeated my being. And within the last couple of years, life has, um, you know, not just for me, but for sort of everyone has become, um, uh, tumultuous and has become uncertain. And during that time I have, for lack of a better word, doubled down on God. 
you know, I've prayed about deepening my relationship with God, deepening my spirituality, improving my relationships with my family, having a better relationship with my mother, and just prayed continually about it. And um, somehow over the Christmas holiday, when we saw each other, I felt like a different person around her. And um, I just I think, yeah, I can only think it has to do with all the work that I did with God around it and the prayer mm-hmm. and, and just wanting it to be different. Right. And so when you say you, you felt like a different person around her, how so? What was that like? Well, I just, I had this swell of love in my heart for her that I don't know that I had before, or if I did, it was brief and fleeting. And I just, I just wanted to be of service to her. I wanted to do things for her. I wanted to get her food. I wanted to rub her feet after she worked for four hours on them. I wanted to, I wanted to, I didn't expect to cry, Alicia Terry. I'm sorry, but go ahead. I I, I get it. Yeah, I wanted, all of a sudden, I just felt like I had this servant's heart for her that I didn't have before. And um, it was, it it was just very different. And, um, and I didn't expect it. I didn't drive to Houston thinking about it. It was just there when I showed up. And um, I'm super grateful for it. Yeah, right. that's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm I'm curious if your drawing nearer to God, could you tell that he was changing your heart in the process? Well, you know, before my visit, I, I don't know that I could tell that. And it wasn't until um, about halfway through being there with her that I, I noticed that I just felt so different. And what was in, even more interesting to me, at least, is because my behavior towards her was different. Her behavior towards me was different. Yes. And I felt like, and it was beautiful. I just felt like we had this beautiful interaction with one another, this loving interaction. And, and, um, and it, it just, and I don't think I had thought about God working on it until then. I knew I had been praying about it. I knew I had been asking about it. But I don't think I had truly felt it until I was right in the middle of it. And I was like, wow, look at this. Did you have a sense of freedom? Oh, yeah. Sense of, you know, if I died tomorrow, that I wouldn't have all this regret with my mom. Right. You know, that was one of the things that, you know, as I'm getting older and as, you know, people had passed away in my life, you know, you think about your mortality and your relationships more. And I had really begun to feel a deep sense of sadness because um, my mother and I's relationship felt, even though I was the dutiful daughter and went and saw her when I was supposed to see her and talked to her and reached out to her and did all of those things, um, it felt strained. How different would your life be if you could identify and address the source of your false identity or... Discover how the love of a righteous king is not moved by your imperfections? How would letting go of the negative names and labels you've been branded with change your life? Why don't you find out by picking up a copy of Alicia Terry's book, I Am Who God Says I Am, Getting to the Heart of Your Identity. Whether you read it by yourself or in a group, the discussion questions in the book 
will help you discover and become the person God always intended you to be. I Am Who God Says I Am is available wherever fine books are sold. Our relationship felt strained to me. I was feeling regretful around that, um, thinking that, you know, my mother is up in age. I'm no spring chicken myself. And, and what was this going to mean? You know, should, should she pass away or should something happen to me? I feel like I would have been filled with regret. And I don't feel that way anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like that's taken from me. I was going to ask you, um, while you were preparing for uh, this podcast, were there any scriptures that came to mind or that you looked at or researched or anything that spoke to your heart? Yeah, there was. Um, give me just a second here and I will sure. share um, so I looked at a couple of things I thought was interesting was that the Greek word for forgiveness is to let go. And which I thought was really interesting because with regard to my mother's situation, that's exactly what it felt like was like a letting go of um, the expectations that I had around her and asking her to be someone she wasn't. And um, so that, that was meaningful to me. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, Hebrews eight twelve says, "For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more." Yes. Oh, if God can do that, my goodness, why can't I? You know, why can't I? And um, it w- it was surprising to me to learn that I always had heard that you know God says to forgive someone seventy seven times, meaning it's you know unending really, but that um, that the ter- that God says in the Bible to forgive people that that is referenced. 490 times. I found that um, really, really impactful. And then the last one was Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. And it said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That one I really loved. I have struggled. I came from um, parents who... uh, had perfectionist tendencies who did not have, um, and they were wonderful people and this is not meant as, um, a negativity to them, but they, they were as hard on themselves as they were on their children. And so I have that tendency as well. And so I have had to learn to forgive myself as well. I've had in that same compassion, love, kindness and caring that I want to show to other people. I've had to do the same thing with me. And I was the last person that I was able to do that with. And so I've had to come to some terms about some things that I didn't like about myself, like holding resentments, you know, against my mother all these years. Mm-hmm. I've to um, look at some other areas that needed improvement and, and ask for forgiveness and to forgive myself around those things as well, because it's crucial for me to know how to do that with other people and to be able to extend that same thing to myself and to ask God for that as well. And so exactly. there's a million ways that I've had to ask for God's forgiveness, a million ways. Wow. Every day. Um, when, when did you start that process of forgiving yourself? You know, really intentionally within the last probably two years. Okay. I'm 54 now, 
you know, it was obviously a concept, you know, I was aware of and understood intellectually, but really feeling that, like I mentioned earlier, um, in my heart and really talking to God about it and uh, really focusing on it through prayer um, has really been within the last two years. It's, uh, it, again, it's been something that I've prayed about, that I've read about. I have a daily reader. I read the upper room every day and has a, involves um, scripture and then usually a story for from someone who's submitted it to the upper room. And, you know, it's peppered all through there about forgiveness. It's something that we all struggle with. And uh, so it's always a wonderful reminder of the areas in my life that I need to work on um, with regard to forgiveness. And it's really been within the last two years. Do you think that forgiving others or forgiving yourself, which one would you say is more difficult? Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, if I'm being honest, almost forgiving myself is more difficult. And why would you say that? Because, um, first of all, having the awareness of our, uh, our frailties and it is, is important. And sometimes I think I probably have blind spots with some of those things though, Mm. you know, no, no, being aware of what to ask for forgiveness is probably, you know, one of the issues, but also, um, feeling like I'm supposed to be someone that other than who I am, that I'm supposed to be um, less quick to anger, less uh, judgmental, you know, like I'm really good at not speaking judgment, but I'm not so good about not thinking judgment. And, um, you know, so right, right. That, I, that I do that in my mind, not only with regard to myself, but with others. Um, and I have a hard time with that. And, uh, it's, and I am frequently throughout the day catching myself doing it still and asking for God's forgiveness and for me to forgive myself for it. And I think that, um, I can still fall into those tendencies of feeling like that I'm supposed to be perfect. And, um, and so I have to remind myself that that's, that's not the case and that I'm not God, that God. When I was in between churches and I was visiting a particular church, they had their their teens come up. It was a smaller church. Their teens come up to talk about being at summer camp, and they were all fired up and excited. And my eye focused in on one girl who just had to look like, you know, she was probably, this is my judgment uh, at that time, who was probably uh, a promiscuous teenager, you uh-huh. know? And it was just like, Okay, you know, just whatever, you know, thought went along in that area. Um, uh, Even to, you know, how she was dressed a little bit, you know, just not uh, per se ideal for church. Just petty stuff. So I'm sitting there and uh, for about five or four on fire, they were excited about what they've learned and excited about God. Uh, just to take that anointing and just pray over people in the church. Well, guess who came to me? Ah, look at that. Yes, the girl yeah. that I had judged. And all the while, while she was praying for me, I, I felt two inches high. And I was like, God, I did it again. I'm judging. I'm judging. Help me with this. So I keep that one 
always in mind when I have that tendency to to go there. Um, because this is a that you know this is that was a, a daughter of God. That's right. And I didn't know her past, just like she didn't know mine. You know, right. and and it's like, what does it matter if she's serving God now? It doesn't right. matter. You know, rejoice in that. Don't look at the negative. Rejoice in what what is. You know, so in that regard, I was judging, but I also had to forgive myself for that. Yep. And. Still, when I think about it, I still feel a little conviction, to be quite honest. And yeah. so, um, you know, will that ever go away? I would hope so. But yeah. I, I think I was just really uh, ashamed and disappointed. Yeah, I understand that. And, you know, one last thing that you when you were talking, I thought about is the fact that I work with people who have been chronically homeless, which includes mental health addiction or mental health issues, addiction issues, um, just, you know, lifetime of trauma, you know, you name it. And it's so easy, even in the midst of the work that I do, it is so easy for me to feel myself being hard hearted towards someone because they are under the influence again, mm. or they are engaging in activities that's making it, you know, not a fun place to live for their neighbors, or they, you know, we know that they are dealing drugs or all of those things. And I can feel myself doing that. And uh, some days I'm better at catching myself and, and, and undoing it. And other days uh, I'm not so much, but the thing that I try to remind myself, like what you said about that girl was that th they are still, um, a child of God, no less than the yes. sun, the trees, and the stars, and they deserve grace and mercy just like anybody else would. And and I have to remind myself, and I remind myself that on a regular basis because the work that I do, it is it's in your face. Your frailties, your shortcomings are in your face on a regular basis, and um, yeah. it's been formative for me. <laughs> Imagine yourself standing before God as He looks deeply into your eyes with such love and compassion as He tells you, You are mine. In just three words, God cancels out every single ounce of rejection, abandonment, or worthlessness that you or I have ever felt. Imagine that. The God of all creation makes it a point to let us know we belong to Him, that we are accepted, not rejected. We are not worthless, but have great value in His eyes. Are you loving this content and looking for more? This is just a small excerpt from the book, I Am Who God Says I Am, Getting to the Heart of Your Identity, written by Alicia Terry. Head to AboveTheFrayPublishing.com to sign up for the email list and receive the first chapter for free. You had mentioned the scripture said to forgive 77 times, seven times. Yeah. Oh, that's how, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How, how easy is that to do? Well, let me ask it like this. Uh, sure. One, how easy is that to do? And then two, do you continue to deal with that person if they continually keep 
snapping, you know, is there a time yeah. where you just yep. need to, to distance yourself? You can still love them and be okay with them, but it's not like, hey, I'm going to let you in like you used to be. What are yeah, your thoughts absolutely. on that? Yeah. So I, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I've, I've had to, with regard to work, I've had to um, verbalize this to someone today, as a matter of fact, because we, um, we are what is called low barrier housing, which means we provide housing to people who would not be able to get it in other places, whether it's because, you know, lack of housing history, lack of you know, credit history or poor credit history or evictions or a, a criminal record, whatever it is. So we're dealing with folks who are really at the end of options for them. So it's very challenging. And um, we give, as I mentioned earlier, numerous opportunities for people to um, get it together. We will work with them when they're late on rent. We'll provide them with resources. We have case managers that work with them. If there's mental health issues, they have a mental health case manager. If there's rental issues, we, we know folks who provide rentals. Like we're just constantly working with folks. But I do, we do get to a place where we have decided that grace and mercy is over. Because we have to think about the folks there who are trying to start a new life mm-hmm. and how the who aren't taking advantage of this opportunity are making it difficult for them to do that. So at some point, you have to decide. You can forgive someone. You can love someone. You can extend that grace and mercy. Um, but at some point, you do, in my opinion, have to have a boundary that says we're not going to do this anymore. And that can, and that's a personal thing, too. You know, I... I I love people, um, and I have loved many people in my, and I am very lucky to have loving people in my life. And there are some people where you have to say, I'm going to have to love you from a distance and I still love you and I still forgive you. Um, but that's going to have to be from a distance. So I do think that there is, I do think there's a lot, but for me, there's definitely a lot at some point. Yeah, and I I totally understand that, and actually I I agree with with what you're saying. Um, what you did make me think of when you said the word boundary is that mm-hmm. if we don't establish that boundary, then mm-hmm. we're creating an environment of enablement. Absolutely. And the last thing that we want to do is to be an enabler because, you know, we might be saying at that point, oh, they're doing this to me. But the truth is we're allowing it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if we really, and to continue to use my work as an example, if we really want people to succeed in life, they have to have expectations and we have to hold them to those expectations. What would you tell your younger self about forgiveness that you didn't know then, but you, through experience, know now? Yeah, I think I would tell myself to forgive easily, to forgive quickly, because life is short, and you don't want to waste one second in a state of unforgiveness. Wow. I think that's what I'd tell myself. I think that's where we'll end it. That's pretty powerful. We can... You know, I... I, I I do want to say, you know, whether this is for the audience or not, I can't really say, but I do want to say how um, grateful I've been, as I mentioned before, for our reconnection, for the spiritual walk that you have with God and how it's enriched my own and how we can talk about it and how I think I mentioned this to you one time when we were sitting in a coffee shop in downtown Round Rock, that um, there have been times when you and I have been in discussion 
where I've felt the real presence of God there. And I don't mm. get that very often. And I, I say, seek out people who you can do that with. Um, you know, even though, you know, we have a different spiritual walk, maybe in some ways, um, there's, there's a commonality that runs through it that we can always find in each other and our love for God and our love for each other and, and that it's important to have those people in your life. And I don't think I fully appreciated that, Alicia, until we reconnected. Okay, you're crying. I'm not crying. <laughs> uh, Sherry Ann. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the, those words. Um, one of the things that this podcast is about is that iron sharpening iron. Yeah. And literally that's that's what we've been. And yeah. I'm very grateful to God to have you in my life and other friends uh, in my life who do exactly that, you know, Thank and it's just such a pleasure and a gift from God when you have that in your life. Um, yes, it is. You know, for a host of different reasons. So mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much for listening to What's the Word? If this episode has encouraged or helped you in any way, would you please consider sharing the podcast with those in your circle of influence? I appreciate your support. Well, that's it for now. I'm Alicia Terry, and this is What's the Word. Until next time, thank you for listening.